Welcome to the Hyperbeat Podcast. Each episode, we chat with fitness professionals to get the story behind the business they created. All right, guys, welcome back. Episode 22 of the Hyperbeat Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Nikki Auckland, personal trainer and nutritionist and owner of Fit Body by Nikki. We have a really great chat around Nikki's fitness journey, founding and running multiple businesses, and how Nikki brings her past experiences and struggles to her thriving female fitness community. My first question to Nikki, tell us a little bit about your background in fitness. I started in a, a, a small boutique gym okay. uh, in around about 1999. Mm-hmm. I was um, I had a full time job, and I was actually studying to be. Um, uh, I was just I was studying for my diploma of um, sports therapy, so that oh, kind cool. of entailed um, massage and um, injury rehab, a bit of nutrition. So. Yeah. I was definitely not a sporty person growing up. I struggled with any kind of, you know, when they had the fun runs and the um, the athletics carnivals, I'd always hide. <laughs> um, I loved playing netball, but I kind of found that I didn't have a lot of skills in other areas. So, yeah, I didn't enjoy fitness. And I, I guess probably it, it resonated with me later on when I finally got into fitness. Um, why as a child I probably really didn't enjoy it so much. Um, but, yeah, basically – I did my uh, diploma, I was working full-time, and then I thought I really should kind of dip my toe in the water in the in the health and fitness arena, so I went and got a part-time job on top of all these oh, in wow. a gym. Okay. I know, pretty dedicated, <laughs> but um, it was a heap of fun, and I learned a stack of stuff, so I become a fitness instructor there and was sort of mentored by two, um, the, the owners of the gym. Mm-hmm. There was actually three of them, so I worked there for um, a couple of years, and then I've obviously been qualified and was working in the massage, you know, and sports therapies on, on my own for a while. So I actually just did a bit of work for some chiros and I did some massage for some physios and, and just sort of worked in around that sort of arena. And then I actually got pregnant with my first child and it kind of threw me a bit of a, you know, a bit of a sixer. So I had a couple of years of just quietness there, looking after her uh, and just getting back into the workforce. But I then decided to start my own business in 2004 and really, um, you know, dedicate what I'd learned to doing my own thing. I was really passionate about kind of uh, health and wellness at that point. I was about 26 years old. I had a child. I planned on having a couple more. So I wanted that flexibility. Um, So I went back and I studied a few more uh, lymphatic drainage and um, therapist and, um, you know, some more nutrition and aromatherapist. And then I ended up getting into uh, developing my own skincare because my children had uh, really bad eczema. and. Yeah, they, it was it was intriguing because there wasn't a lot back in around 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot to do with sort of natural skincare. It was just all that general uh, uh, supermarket kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I really do, um, dove deep into trying to find natural alternatives for her. So is that um, just scouring the internet? Like how did you, how yeah, did you go about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, scouring the internet and really I had, I was lucky enough to have a couple of um, older 
sort of friends that were doing courses that I was interested in as well. So I just sort of picked their brain. One of them was an aromatherapist Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know what, this would be really good uh, for the whole family, for me to learn and understand how I can use nature and, you know, natural stuff Mm -hmm. to, yeah, to really... um, to, to deal with these everyday things that, I mean, my child had, but I'd heard other people had it, but there was no real solution other than cortisone creams mm. and steroids and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, that was fascinating. I came up with some a really beautiful combination just playing around and it worked a treat. So it was just one product. And then um, I was massaging at that time. And so I had a lot of young mums, you know, you just got to attract your, your tribe at that particular mm-hmm. time in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I ended up just selling it because I was a aromatherapist. I could, I was sort of um, insured and everything to sell on this little product that I'd built. And everyone kept saying, you've got to make a skincare range and blah, blah, blah. Wow. So yes, it, de- it ended up my, um, my focus was then to create like a skincare brand. And I did and we were exporting to Korea and Singapore. Oh, wow. So it, it actually pretty, took off quite it was, <laughs> yeah, massively. It was pretty epic, yeah. And it was learning Fantastic. on the job. Yeah. So that was my first um, kind of experience with, okay. you know, business. And it actually taught me a lot of what I really implement uh, implemented later on with the fitness. Um, they they were really solid years of, of, you know, learning and late nights and early mornings. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, okay. You know, three kids under the age of six, wow. just um, crazy. Chaos. it was it was chaos but you don't know any different um but i have to say that kind of led me to a really hard point because i ended up with in better of a term of it like a bit of a mental breakdown um my youngest was i think three or four months old then i had a two-year-old then i had a six-year-old uh, and I had this business where we were exporting mm. to Korea and Singapore. My business partner had just walked out on me and left oh, me with, okay. um, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of orders lot on of the stress. board. Yeah, yeah, and I just kind of wasn't coping. Mm-hmm. So um, it really made me revisit my health and I ended up having to go and see a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of really hard because when I went to the doctor, uh, and I just went there for the baby. I didn't go there for me. And he just obviously could recognise I was in a bit of a state. Mm-hmm. Got me to fill out that form that people fill out, and and said, "Look, I really think it's beneficial. You go and see, you know, the psychologist." Mm-hmm. And I kind of laughed, thinking, "No, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just busy, you know." Um, anyway, I did go and I, I feel I did the referral, and the psychologist did end up um, diagnosing me with a bunch of. Uh, mental health struggles, so okay. things like anxiety, um, depression, agoraphobia, which is the fear of being outside, mm-hmm. um, and um, what's the other one? There was a, there was another one. I mean, there was so many; it was ridiculous. But I, I still didn't believe her. I thought, no, 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 you've got it wrong. I'm pretty good. Um, it was only I was having panic attacks out in the public, uh, out in public with my three children. Plus, we had a little. Uh, my daughter's friend and that was quite scary Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack but it's something that you can't describe Uh, you have to experience to go okay something's not right here and I really need to you know I need to pay attention and the psychologist said look since you had a bit of a background in fitness I think you need to go and revisit that Um, I want to put you on some antidepressants and I want to give you some medication and I said look I just don't want to take 
uh, I just don't want to take medication. I'm still breastfeeding my son and yeah. I just don't I just don't trust it because having that wellness kind of, um, you know, history of trying to be well and do everything kind of organic and natural and homemade and and then this, you know, this is prompting me to go, oh, you know, take this. And there's not a lot of research on antidepressants mm-hmm. and um, breastfeeding and how much actually gets transferred to the baby. So I told her, look, uh, I'll do anything, anything you ask, but I just won't take the medication right now. I okay. think I can do this. Uh, so she was fantastic. She worked with me and she said, look, just get back to the gym, get back to some exercise because there's a whole bunch of stuff that will really help you um, and then get your nutrition like on point, make sure you're eating well. Okay. And I, I had that experience anyway. I, I, I knew what fitness was. I knew what healthy diet looked like. So I went down that avenue and um, honestly <laughs> – the best thing I could have ever done for myself. Um, It changed my life again. So it did the first time I kind of got into fitness and worked in the gym. It really, you know, gave me a lot of confidence and I felt good. I felt better than I'd felt in my entire life the first time I I got into fitness and started to become a trainer. Uh, And then this second time when I had to do it for my mental health and I pretty much was kind of forced to do it for for my children. Um... I just found so much structure and focus and purpose in that. And then my why was so I didn't have to take medication so I wouldn't harm my child. And I think that was a real massive driving force for yeah, me. It's a strong factor. Absolutely. Mm. Um, if I had to just do it because, you know, Fizz, I'm supposed yeah, to do own. it, mm. mm-hmm, I think it just, yeah, it really ups the why. And um, so I did that for about four years of healing. I, okay. I, I really got back into looking after myself and they were the, some of the best growing years of my life uh, and then I just fell in love with the whole the whole side of going and looking after yourself and the, the way it made you feel so then I decided to go and retrain as a personal trainer and okay. fully go down that avenue and I really I'd sort of come to the end of my skincare uh, business journey I, I kind of really felt like I benefited so much from um, exercise and nutrition and I was so lost. I didn't even know I was so unwell that how many other women are out there in the same position as me? Um, I could make a difference. I could help people. And I really thought this is this is what I need to do. So I sold my skincare business and then invested everything into doing it full time. And it was only – it only started off one-on-one PT to start with. Uh, and then I did online for a little bit with an app that I'd sort of developed and it was only small because nobody wanted online. Everybody wanted face-to-face. Um, so times that was have a, changed. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. And I, I think I was I was a, ahead of the game, luckily, yeah, yeah. <laughs> before, before it actually turned to what it turned to. Mm. Um, but that was probably – I probably my PT 101 started around 2016. So did you have clients ready to go at that point? Not really, no. Okay. I, I was still massaging okay. for a lot of that time. I was I was still doing massage. Um, I pretty much loved that. It was that was therapy for me. Mm-hmm. So I really and had some great loyal clients, and they knew what I was doing. They knew a couple of those were starting as my first PT clients. Um, it was my actual hairdresser that was my my very first oh, wow. client okay. at the time because obviously you tell your hairdresser everything, yeah. don't you? <laughs> I don't, but I, my wife does. <laughs> I bet she does. So, um, yeah, and I didn't have anywhere to train out of, so we did it outdoors at the local park, okay. and yeah, it was fantastic. Um, I learned so much through my first few clients, uh, and then I just thought 
I'd gained confidence in my skills as well to to train people. And obviously it's daunting. You train yourself and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But then to go and start to train other people can be, yeah, a little overwhelming. So um, I felt like I was ready to help more people. And I thought best way to do that would be start a boot camp around the area. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, I'm, I'm the girl who was diagnosed with agoraphobia and anxiety. Yeah, right. <laughs> what a challenge. Yes. Um, and I did. I took that on as a challenge because I was still, I was still suffering. I just mm. wasn't um, super. Like it wasn't an inflammatory phase I okay. was in. I was, I was okay. I uh, would still have moments, uh, especially when I started my boot camp, and I had to like talk to a little group of people that I didn't know and, um, you know, explain stuff. And and I'd have to get ready to go to boot camp. Mm-hmm. And when it was, when it was getting time, I'd, I'd get myself so worked up mm. that I'd have like dizzy spells and lay down. I'm like, oh, wow. oh my God. Yeah, full on. So it, it, I, I had to continually work on myself. And um, and I think boot camp really did help me uh, overcome a lot of my struggles too. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. I, I created an awesome little community around here. That was like 2017 that began. So um, can, but I, then, can I just can I just ask there, obviously yeah. the, the hardest part around starting something is finding those initial clients. So outside of your kind of friends and family and Mm. people that you know, how did you build up a base of people to come to those boot camps? So I didn't have a lot of experience with marketing. Mm. My marketing had been very different um, with the skincare business. Mm. And then I hadn't really marketed a lot just as a massage therapist because I had so many clients and, um, you know, I I just, yeah, I I was pretty okay with that. So then when I was moving into the fitness space, it it was a little bit different. I went to the old school letterbox drop. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. And it actually, it wasn't too bad. It, it was just um, uh, like an open day, mm-hmm. uh, free boot camp, come down, see what you think at the local. Uh, I just sort of suss out the area too because I don't want to st- um, tread on anyone's toes. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, fitness was starting to build momentum and people, you know, people are starting little businesses here and there and there's boot camps here and there. So I had to find an unsaturated little market. Mm-hmm which was the other the suburb the other side of me and yeah I, I had eight people turn up on my first boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was pretty like I was kind of excited but at the yeah. same time oh is that it <laughs> yeah, yeah I know but looking back I mean it's still pretty good to get anyone to turn up on the first day exactly yeah. um I had two of those were girls that I knew yeah. um and then the other six were just people from the letterbox drop yeah, yeah. So I just sold, I ended up selling like um, little boot camp cards. So I'd say 10 sessions for something just to try okay. and get people to repeat, repeat by. Yep. Um, but I remember, I remember early days. This is how, how naive you get sometimes mm. is I thought, oh, I'll never put people on memberships. No, I'll never do that. I'll never lock people in. I'll never want them to feel like they have to be on a membership. And uh, as time goes on, you start to realise when that's your business and you have to run it like a proper business, yes. not like a hobby. Yep. Um, and it's not for purely like only making money, but it's for people to commit. It's for people to find structure and routine and to go, okay, that's my place where I, where I work out. That's my fitness club and I want to commit to them and I want to make sure I'm turning up two, three times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so then putting them on a membership and giving them incentives to go for a higher plan gets them to train more and they want, you know, they want to get more. Yeah, more motivating factor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Inside, you know where you, yeah. you stand. Um, so I guess I moved early, from early days of uh, uh, probably 18 months of doing my little uh, card trick mm-hmm. uh, to then moving into memberships, which then become quite natural and, and everybody 
everybody had been on memberships everywhere else. So it was no different when they came. But I felt I felt kind of like, oh, am I able to am I able to do that? You know, yeah, I think um, sometimes people struggle with the asking for money part of yeah. running a business. But I mean, at the end of the day, you, you want to um, help, but you also need the cash flow to run the business. So I think yeah, um, yeah, you just need to get your head around that. You do. And I think if you started something as a hobby or as a bit of a, you started on the side of maybe having a, another job, mm. uh, you don't see it as a business to start yeah, with. Correct. But I think you really have to move your shift and your focus mm. to run it like a like a full-fledged business yeah, and treat it like that. And people will treat it with respect mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we did that. And I think my marketing around that time got pretty solid. I, I got into Instagram and um, I found a lot of the Instagram stuff worked well for me because it was you know five years ago now um and instagram wasn't as popular as it is i suppose these days okay. uh popular is in saturated yes. so, so you know when you posted something it got seen and yeah. um yeah there's certainly yeah. more cut through uh you know four five six years ago than there is today exactly mm. uh, i did facebook kind of little adverts and then asked you know people i, I would just ask people to share my posts i'm okay. just ask friends and family to share i think you just sometimes need to ask <laughs> so uh that's kind of and then i just did little deals like i did um you know 21 days for 21 dollars, get them kind of in and then before that sort of ran out offered them a membership my membership options and that worked really really well um I also decided my target market was busy women. Uh, so I I decided to do 30-minute boot camp sessions. Uh, so I didn't idea. yeah, I didn't go anything over that. Mm-hmm. And it would be a variety of different things. Um, but we would never really repeat the same stuff. So people would come and, you know, get excited because it's something different and like a kinder surprise, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah, that went well until COVID hit. <laughs> so the so the boot camps were running all the way up to the start of COVID. They were running even through the first year of COVID. Oh right, okay. Um, oh, because you'd be outside. Well, well, not even that because okay. it got um, reduced to ten. I had to make some hard decisions back then and I decided to move it pretty much all online okay. not long after we got the restrictions because outdoor was fine. That was no issue. We didn't. I made up workouts that didn't need to share equipment and all that sort of stuff. Yep. But then it was when we were re- reduced down to 10 people. Yeah. Um, I, I should couldn't. I should note just for everyone, you're based in New South Wales. So am, for people sorry, listening yes. in Melbourne, they might not. <laughs> the restrictions are a little bit different. <laughs> they were. And, and it, it, you never knew where you stood. No, so. it changed all um, the time. It did. And, and when it got down to 10, I'm like, who, how do I choose who, which 10? Like, or yeah, is it you book yeah, in first or – and then do I run two different sessions? I'm like, that's not great for business. Mm. Um, so anyway, look, I decided to move it all online through Zoom and and, and I did that for probably 12, 12 months. Well, it was close to 12 months by the time we kind of ended up getting back outdoors. I felt like um, even though restrictions had lifted, they lifted only to 10 and then things – then the weather was terrible and there was all sorts of stuff going on. So – um, it was pretty much feeling like 12 months of online and that, that people loved it. They actually, they, well, they saved time. Um, they found that they saved time and they could slot it in better into their schedules. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. People were resisting it to start with. I don't want to do it. Um, you know, like it's not for me and heaps of people left and the business kind of 
crashed and burned for a little bit, mm-hmm. but there was a good solid chunk of women that stayed on. Um, and they sort of, we carried each other through. Like obviously the business could still survive because I had enough clients um, and I could still keep them motivated and healthy during lockdown. So I think because everyone thought, oh, this will be over soon. Yeah. Like I'm sure I'll just sit this next yeah. couple of weeks out and, and have take a, break. a break. Yeah. But it was like five months, I think. Yes. Um, and so then... The thing was I was getting up at 4 a.m. for my PT clients and then had boot camps and then um, had more PT clients. Like it was a pretty full, as a PT, just sort of start up, get up at 4 and then you finish at 7.30 or something and it's broken up through the day. It's quite exhausting but Mm. when you're doing it, you don't realise how taxing it is on Mm. your, you know, your, your body and your mental health. So when I stopped that and I had a break, I'm like, I don't want to go back to that. So... Um, that's when the business model started changing because I thought, how can I make my business um, more suitable for me and still, you know, capture and help all these people? So I really put more emphasis into the online app that I had. Um, and I still I still did the boot camp, but I offered some online programs for ladies that were just loving the online stuff. And that's where it kind of really took off and it changed because through COVID, I realised that people really needed support in wellness. So it wasn't just like fat loss and burn as many calories as you can. And I think we kind of ran with that for a little while. Uh, And then I realised, you know what, it's got to be about wellness and health and lifestyle because a lot of you know people were dying left, right and centre and um, it was so unknown and it was quite a scary time Mm -hmm. that if we can shift our focus towards something that's really purposeful and great for our immune systems and our bodies and our brains – um, that's helping people, you know, more than just sort of fat loss and um, and training. So uh, I really then shifted the business focus more into that phase and that's where the online programs become more tailored around um, health and wellness. Still fat loss, still muscle gain, still um, all that sort of thing. But my boot camps went from more of that HIIT training style to more strength training style. Um, and I just I see the business benefiting the women that I'm training more in strength training. So uh, that's a hard one to deliver to people that have been training hit style and love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think from you know from my knowledge and evidence based, it's it's really a fantastic tool for fat loss and for toning and you know muscle strength for women. You know bone health and mental health and all that sort of stuff is strength training. So we just backed off a little bit on that um, and I brought more strength training into the into the mix and went and got um, qualified in Pilates because I thought what a beautiful okay. combination of, you know, offering strength training and Pilates and um, bringing it all together. So uh, that's that's kind of where the business has merged. We, I have recently, uh, only a few months ago, closed down the boot camp side of things completely. My online has taken off uh, so well, and it's been it's been so well received, and um, it actually just sort of suits the women that I've got in my little community. It just suits them so much better, and I feel my role too is to give people what they need, not necessarily what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see from the outside looking in, people just coming flogging themselves for as many hit classes as possible and trying to burn as many calories as possible. And I think a slightly different approach would be, you know, looking at your nutrition, um, maybe having a look at your macro 
sort of set, what kind of calories are you eating? And then let's sort of match that up with a strength training and Pilates program that's a bit more gentle um, and it's it's sustainable. It's not something you have to kill yourself for six weeks, eight weeks at. Um, you're slow and steady and kind of do it in such a way where it's progressive overload, it's, you know, monitoring um, where you're going, what you're doing. So I, I feel because I have that knowledge, I need to share that with the ladies that I have. Um, and yeah, and it's, and, and I, they're absolutely loving it. And, you know, the, the feedback I'm getting is I didn't really think I'd love strength training as much mm. as I do. And, you know, the Pilates is really hard and, um, and it's, it's all now delivered in one program. It's not, you can get nutrition or you can get training. You, you don't, you get one package. So it's more of a um, holistic approach. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I've tried it all. Honestly, I've tried yeah. it all. I've, I've done, I've chopped it up into pieces and, you know, people will always choose the bit that they want and maybe not the bit that they need. They need. Yeah. Okay. Mm, and I just, I just feel there's lots of opportunities and there's lots of, um, you know, there's lots of other places out there. And if mine doesn't fit you, that's okay. Uh, as long as you're doing something, I would be super happy for you to just be doing something. So, um, but but yeah, for what I know and what I what I understand with evidence and research at this current time is that strength training is fantastic for women for fat loss and um, bone health, and also mental health. And then you know macro tracking and looking at what what nutrients you're getting uh, for where you're at and what you're what you're doing is going to be the most beneficial thing long term for sustainability. And from a, um, a marketing point of view, how are you going about putting that out into the marketplace? It's probably a more challenging um, program or type of thing to to market and offer people mm-hmm. because it's not, you know, it's not a, a sexy kind of sell. It's not a six week shred or a or a you know eight week hit thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are very familiar with that. People have heard it and seen it for oh, a good, you know, five, six, seven years mm-hmm. now, that type of marketing and that kind of message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's only relatively new the last few years that we are um, we have more evidence to say that strength training and sort of progressive overload programs are really, really beneficial for women uh, and for fat loss, uh, w- women and men obviously, but in my particular instance I'm dealing with women. Um, and that this type of training and, and sort of approach can be a sustainable, you know, a long-term tool for success. So how do, how do you say that, okay, let, let's come and track your food and let's see what, you know, what kind of protein are you eating? You know, that's probably going to be the main factor in, you know, getting that nice toned fit physique. Are you eating enough protein? A lot of women don't eat a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of protein and getting people to be aware of what they're eating. And it's not to say you have to track food forever, but it's just understanding where you're currently at and um, making informed choices of, of so that you know. So knowledge is power. If you don't know what you're doing, how can you make changes to improve that? Um, so basically Instagram again, but my almost <laughs> – this is horrible and it's, it's just the way <laughs> – Life is, but all my socials uh, got hacked like uh, oh, last no, year. Really? Completely. Every oh, single no. thing. Yeah, okay. uh, talking personal business. Uh, oh. So I, oh, horrible, that horrible been feeling. Awful. Yeah, it was like 15 years of Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And eight years of Instagram oh. all gone. So starting from scratch uh, in last year, 
Okay. Um, it's been a bit of a struggle, but it did give me the chance to kind of sit down and rethink of what messaging I want to send, you know, and it is a more health uh, and wellness message. It's mm-hmm. more a, a sustainable approach message. And uh, if, if I just do ads and posts and share and just try and organically grow it, that's my best um, option at the moment. I don't really have specials as such. Like I did at boot camp, we don't have any you know, $21 for 20 days yeah. thing. Um, I have I have put on a seven-day free trial for the app. Okay. But again, it's such a kind of specialised program that people do need to – they do need to want a, like a whole program. They do need to want change in their life. Um, so they need to want fitness and they need to want um, nutrition knowledge. And I guess that's where the program is. It's a complete package. Um, but yeah, the, the marketing will always be a, a hard one. I've, I've also run every three months, I run a five day free challenge, mm-hmm. um, and we do it online and we do it through the app. Um, and then anyone can join and it's basically taking you through all those fundamental questions of metabolism and energy balance and, you know, how to track and, um, it's just an educative type of challenge. Um, and you do, you know, three workouts with us live uh, for that week, and basically, it's a coaching program. So, what's the what's the average retention rate for for doing that? Do oh, it's a tough one. Mm. It's it's not it's not always that high. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess <laughs> it, you you are introducing people to you and your messaging and your your, yeah. um, your program, so they could potentially come back around again in six months or whatever it might be. At least they know about you. Definitely, and I think. Um, it's not always the first time that people meet me or do the challenge. Mm-hmm. So we, I've done the challenge probably three or four times in this particular space now. Okay. Uh, it is probably about, you know, you, you, you'll get about 25% people come through straight away yep. and then you get um, maybe even another 25% over the next few months that have been just toying with the idea yeah. and then kind of revisit. Um, and I just think, look, it's um it's totally fine if I can if I can just help one person mm-hmm. that's going to impact you know their immediate family mm-hmm. it could be their daughter it could be their son it could be the mother-in-law or the sister it, it, it's it's like a domino effect yeah. every single person that you can help uh, will uh, help somebody else so um, yeah that the 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 thing is just to keep going um, keep keep spreading the message and keep helping people, you know, grow confidence, um, be healthy, be consistent and um, just look after themselves. So moving forward then, have you got any plans for kind of the short to medium term? Some big ideas or big goals that you're you know, working towards? Yeah. So it's definitely to grow the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's hard when you're dealing with um, being thrown into the online space and, We've got a lot of new ladies that have never never really strength trained properly before. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of education around that. And I want to grow out that um, online um, sort of platform to give all the tutorials and give all that, um, that information so people feel really supported. So it's definitely ex- exposing more people to my program and allowing them to come on board mm-hmm. and learn i think if if you can learn something and understand why you should be doing it then you're more inclined to do it so it it has to be definitely about educating and supporting you know busy women um definitely need to expand on the old youtube channel because that's another form that people use for education um free free education is beautiful it's everywhere Mm. everywhere you look there's something free to to learn 
Um, so I'd love to be able to do that. I'm working with um, a company called 99 Cent Fit. Mm -hmm. So I'm one of their foundation trainers at the moment. So bringing an online space to, to their community as well. So I'm loving doing that. It's allowing me to you know, create the type of training that I love doing, which is strength and Pilates and delivering it to their community as one of their um, foundation trainers. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And um, basically just, yeah, exploring as much education as I can so that I can then on, on teach it to my community. So Nikki, if people wanted to follow you and maybe check out your website, what's the best way for them to do that? Perfect. Yep. So you can find my website at um, nikkiauckland.com.au. So it's Nikki spelled N-I-K-K-I, Auckland, A-U-C-K-L-A-N-D. Um, and on Instagram, you can find me at the same Nikki Auckland. And the specific page for my Fit Body by Nikki programs is um, at Fit Body by Nikki underscore. They're the best places to find me or I'm on Facebook Team Fit Body by Nikki. That's where you'll find me. Awesome. Well, I hope people get around it and check it out. I hope so. That <laughs> would be awesome. <laughs> if you'd like to be involved in an episode of the Hyperbeat podcast, send an email to info at hyperbeat.com.au or contact us through our social media channels.